Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,296 with a release date of Friday, October 29th, 2021, follows in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. The United States FCC could get its first woman at the helm. Hams take part in a worldwide earthquake drill, and it's time to scare up some contacts for Halloween. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,296 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Our top story this week takes us to Washington, D.C., where President Joe Biden has made it official. He's nominated Jessica Rosenworcel to become the 35th permanent leader of the FCC. With the approval of the Senate on Capitol Hill, she would become the first woman at the helm of the agency on a permanent basis. She's been serving as acting chair since January, following the departure of Trump appointee Ajit Pai. Meanwhile, the president has nominated Gigi Sohn to fill the vacancy created on the five-member commission when he chose Rosenworcel to step in as chair at that time. Gigi Sohn had previously served as a counselor to Tom Wheeler, who chaired the FCC during the tenure of President Barack Obama. Meanwhile, if you've ever thought about putting some of your amateur radio knowledge to work for the FCC and you live near Northern Maryland, you may want to hear about this job opportunity. Stephen Kenford, NAWB, has the details. The FCC is looking to hire a telecommunications specialist reporting to their HFDF center in Columbia, Maryland, just south of Baltimore. Applicants should have sufficient technical expertise to assist with radio interference complaints and problems. The job requires the use of radio signal analysis equipment that studies HF, VHF, and UHF interference that impacts all radio signals, including those used for law enforcement or national defense. The specialist is also responsible for investigating compliance with FCC rules and regulations and represents the agency in internal meetings as well as those outside the bureau. A link to a detailed job description can be found in this week's text version of the newscast script at arnewsline.org. Applications will be accepted until the 10th of November. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Drilling for disaster is part of what amateur radio is all about. Hams and other emergency responders around the world shared the scenario of a simulated earthquake recently, and Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, tells us how it all played out. Amateur radio once again played a key role in the worldwide earthquake drill known as the Great Shakeout. Most of the drills were held on Thursday, October 21st, with the majority of them happening on the West Coast, the East Coast, and in the Southeast region of the United States. The drill also took place in Japan, New Zealand, the Caribbean, and many of the Canadian provinces. According to the Great Shakeout website, 31.4 million people participated and more than 3,400 of them were involved as volunteers with radio organisations such as the Amateur Radio Emergency Service in the US. The drills are held around the world traditionally on the third Thursday of October and help train people in earthquake-prone regions to help ensure public safety at home, in schools or in the workplace. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. If you're a fan of classic old tube amplifiers and like to spend time talking about them as much as you enjoy using them, there's an online forum made just for you. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, tells us how to make that connection. Matt Breeden, N8TW, and Alan McNabb the second W0ARM, share a love of the classics. In this case, the classic old Henry radio tube amplifiers. 
The amps add power, of course, but there's also a warm glow, partly because of the amps' treasured history that dates back to the company's roots in 1927. Matt and Alan are co-owners of a groups.io forum devoted to these beloved workhorses of the shack. Although the Henry Company is still in business, the advent of solid-state amp has made owners of the old-time models such as the classic 3K Classic and 3KA treasure them even more. Allen told Newsline that the group's I.O. forum provides fans and owners of Henry Amps an opportunity to share stories, tips, and admiration for what Allen calls the amp with the big and beefy power supply. Allen himself owns a 3K Classic and a 3KA and expects to add a 2K Classic desktop to his growing collection soon. He told Newsline that he and Matt hope to, quote, keep the Henry legacy alive for another generation of hams, end quote. In their day, he said Henry Amps were definitely the Cadillacs of amplifiers. Hams are invited to share their enthusiasm with other Henry users by visiting the link that appears in the text version of this week's newscast. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. With so many CW clubs helping amateurs around the world learn and improve their Morse code, the clubs took the next logical step. They've improved their own communication, too. Randy Sly, W4XJ, tells us how. How do members of the World CW organizations communicate best with one another when they don't have their fists on keyers or bugs? They unite as the International CW Council, a platform for CW clubs around the world. The Council just launched its website this month and is using it to amplify their voice to promote and expand Morse code as a mode of communication between amateur radio operators. Howard Bernstein, WB2UZE, of the Long Island CW Club, told Amateur Radio Newsline that it all began at a meeting he held with 23 CW enthusiasts in January of 2021. They all saw a need for greater cooperation and collaboration for the clubs they represented. The 22 currently affiliated clubs include many familiar names. The Long Island CW Club, CW Ops, SKCC, FISTS, NAQCC, K1USN, and the A1 Club of Japan. The Council has already been hard at work on opportunities for support and partnerships. For example, the CW Ops Giving Back program for on-air coaching doubled in participation through the joint efforts of the ICWC. For more information about the Council and current developments, please visit their website at www.internationalcwcouncil.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. AMSAT UK recently held its International Space Colloquium, and the program, which was held online, included the special honor for one radio amateur. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about him. Congratulations to Daniel Estevez, EA4GPZ, who was presented with the G3AAJ Trophy for Outstanding Service to AMSAT at the AMSAT UK International Space Colloquium by their chairman Martin Sweeting, G3YJO. Daniel was honoured for his development of satellite decoding and telemetry tools used by the amateur radio community worldwide. The Space Colloquium was held on Sunday, October 24th on Zoom. The lectures and the awards ceremony are available for viewing on YouTube at the link provided in the script for this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. 
Presenters included Hans Blondale Timmerman, PB2T, the IARU's AMSAT Satellite Coordinator, Peter Gultsov, GB2OS, President of AMSAT DL, and Robert Bankston, KE4AL, President of AMSAT North America. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the VK8MA two-meter repeater in Australia's Northern Territory on Sundays at 7 p.m. local time. In Western Australia, all eyes are on the state's first homemade CubeSat. John Williams, VK4JJW, tells us what happens next. Students at Curtin University in Western Australia proudly watched as their homemade satellite BNAR-1 was sent into low Earth orbit from the ISS in early October. Now the CubeSat has other work to do. Ben Hartig, BNAR's program manager, said that the amateur radio community is expected to make use of the satellite on the UHF frequencies between 430 and 440 MHz. Students will also be listening and decoding signals the satellite's sending to determine the satellite's location and performance. The satellite, which has two cameras on board, is circling Earth once every hour and a half at a distance of 400 kilometres or nearly 250 miles above the Earth. Phil Bland, director of the university's Space Science and Technology Centre, said that as Western Australia's first homegrown spacecraft, BNAR-1 has a key role in the centre's space program, which includes getting six more satellites launched during the next 18 months. A statement on the BNAR Space website declares its mission. It says, and I quote, As Western Australia's first spacecraft, this marks the start of our state's journey into space. The use of amateur frequencies on this satellite forms the backbone of an exciting opportunity to engage the community and STEM students. Our outreach program aims to inspire bold projects in space exploration, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. The world's third amateur radio association marked its centennial on the 21st of October. Listen on the air for special event station L21RCA. And listen to this report from Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Members of the Radio Club Argentino have a number of reasons to be proud. The National Amateur Radio Society of Argentina was the sole Latin American organization to be in Paris in 1925 when the International Amateur Radio Union was created. When the IARU's Region 2 came into being, the Radio Society had a presence in Mexico City in 1964 and became a part of that historic moment. The Argentine Radio Society turns 100 years old this year and its webpage offers a retrospective in photographs of its evolution over the years. Licensed hams aren't the only radio enthusiasts who can enjoy being a part of this year's big celebration. The Society's Centennial Certificate Program has opened its awards program to shortwave listeners as well. For information on how to qualify, visit the link in the text edition of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. According to Association Secretary Carlos Bavilla, LU1BCE, Special Event Station L21RCA has already made more than 100,000 QSOs by October 25th. In the world of DX, listen for the special event call sign Charlie November 46 Mike Sierra until November 10th from Morocco. 
Hams will be marking the 46th anniversary of the Green March for the annexation of the Spanish Sahara called for by King Hassan II. Send QSL cards to Charlie November 8, Whiskey Whiskey. Members of the Belgian Air Force Amateur Radio Association are operating three special event stations until the end of 2021. The call signs are Oscar November 75 Alpha Foxtrot, Oscar November 75 Bravo Alpha Foxtrot, and Oscar November 75 Bravo Foxtrot Sierra. The activations are in celebration of the 75th anniversary of the Belgian Air Force. Be listening on various HF bands and send QSLs to Oscar November 6, Kilo Lima. Listen for Richard, November, November 2 Tango, and other operators using the call sign Charlie 6 Alpha Hotel Bravo until November 22nd from Bimini. Send QSLs via Logbook of the World or Club Logs OQRS. And be listening for Jamie, Mike Zero, Sierra Delta Victor using the call sign 3 Bravo 8 Stroke, Kilo X-Ray 7 Mike from Mauritius between November 22nd and December 1st. Jamie will be part of the 3 Bravo 8 Mike team and will be operating on various HF bands. QSL via Logbook of the World or Club Logs OQRS. For our final story this week, we caution our listeners. Halloween arrives on Sunday, October 31st, and there's nothing you can do about it, except perhaps get on the air. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, offers this idea. Be not afraid. Instead, be like Judy Cox, a Texas YL whose call sign KC5BOO inspires her to look forward each year to the season of ghosts and goblins when she can scare up some extra contacts on the bands. For Judy, the holiday has always been sweet as the candy folks hand out to costume trick-or-treaters when they visit. But in her part of Texas, children don't go door-to-door all that much, so Judy gets into the spirit by getting on the air and calling... Boo RZ. Judy told Newsline that her vanity call sign really has less to do with Halloween than you might think. Boo is the nickname she was given by her grandchildren. Her idea for an annual special event called Boo to You took shape in 2018, and she sends special QSL cards to confirm that the magic did indeed happen. She plans to be on the air for a spell between 0001 UTC on October 31st until 0400 UTC on November 1st. Find her on the usual haunts on SSP. Best of all, she said, you stand more than a ghost of a chance of making contact this year. A few friends are helping out by operating CW and FT8. She invites Newsline listeners to come by and say boo. That is, unless the bands turn out to be one. Big horror show. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Alan McNabb II, W0ARN, AMSAT UK, the ARRL, Binar Space website, CQ Magazine, Carlos Bavilla, LU1BCE, David Behar, K7DB, Henry Radio website, Judy Cox, KC5BOO, the Long Island CW Club, the Ohio Pen DX, Fizz.org, QRZ.com, Radio Club Argentino, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, The Washington Post, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. 
If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wellbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights are reserved.